0: Why don't we thank Pastor Catherine? Outstanding, she is. She's my favorite preacher. And I'm so blessed because I get to hear her often, and it's such a joy. Oh, hooray, good morning, wonderful Ridley's. It's so good to see you. How are you? Oh, this is a good day indeed. I'm super duper excited, of course. I always feel like my first words that come out are like, I'm so excited. Um, But I am because God is love and He's good. And we always have something to be excited about because he promises to give us a hope in a future. So every day can be the happiest day of your life. You don't have to wait um, for an occasion, um, for a birthday, for a wedding. They're all wonderful things. Um, but the reality is that he came to give you life and life abundantly for everyday living. And, um, and so you can just enjoy and have like the best day ever. Every day, and it's the happiest way to live, the most fulfilling way to live. So, it doesn't actually matter what's happening around me because the ecosystem I'm cultivating within me is that He is good and He is kind, um, and that this is the day that He has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And so, it doesn't matter if I've had little sleep, um, no coffee, um, and didn't get to have an hour with Jesus and me. Um, I can still rejoice and, and have communion with him um, no matter what's happened and expect that today is going to be the best ever, that today is marked with significance, and that today, May the, I believe, is it the 13th? Yes? Great. Yes, kicking goals. May 13 is the greatest day of my life, and it can be yours as well. Woo-hoo! Anyway, that makes That makes every day a really good day. It's good to be alive. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15, 5. And the word also says, God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God and God in them. And that makes it so easy to prophesy because we're constantly in communion with him. And I love this story that Jen Johnson tells about um, they're on a ministry trip and she had um, all the kids with her, and Bill was there because he was teaching, and she and Brian were going to do worship. Um, and that day had been really hectic. The kids had been unwell, and they had been traveling, and it was time to like get in the car and go to the meeting. And she hopped in, and she said, "Mummy, hat off, worship hat on. And Bill apparently leaned forward from the back seat and said, The problem is the worship hat should never have come off. Yeah, it's like a hammer, right? Um, but it, like truth. And it's the same um, with the prophetic and knowing Jesus and, and being intimate with him. We don't have prophetic moments, um, but like we are prophets. We're always wearing that hat, we're wearing that hat of communion, of intimacy, of always being aware and um, and ready to receive and um, being a platform um, to like take off, but then also to receive. Um, so you're always listening, always looking and always sewing. That's what I love about like the prophetic is like requires a generous heart um, because you're always giving and always investing and always looking and like, I can't wait to get up that tower <laughs> today, this morning, if I can Um Awesome, there's a key for it. I just am like, I saw it yesterday, and the first thing I said to um, Mark was like, do you, is that your tower? Like, I just have to get up there and like just release something over Darwin. Like he's all, because he's all, what did we learn last night? He always has something wonderful to say about his kids. He always has wonderful things to say about cities and nations. And instead of releasing judgment, um, which the church has been known for in the past, um, over different cities for different reasons, why don't we, like, release promise and release hope and release destiny and release life and usher in the kingdom um, like we have called to do? Um, I think that's a pretty great opportunity and, again, makes me excited to be alive. Um, so, so it's, again, it's just, it's all, it really is all about your heart. And so, with that being said, I really um, sense that I have a word for Glory City, Darwin. And, um, yeah, for you guys um, and, and this community. So this is for all y'all um, to receive. And so you can in- enjoy it and step into it. And if I pause, it's just because I want to make sure I'm remembering it all. Yeah, which is a good thing. You don't want to miss it. Um, so I'm glad you guys are sitting here. This is really cool. See, my prophetic, my prophetic goes, wow, it's, isn't it significant that they're sitting in front of me? Honestly, because... It's like the, what God wants to impart, it's like, whoa, they're, right, they're ready to receive. I don't know. I just, I, yeah, to me, I'm like, that's significant. So anyway. Um, <laughs> because also, because there's, like, there's a river here, and so you can just lean into it. Anyway. Um, what I saw, actually, when we were flying in were um, two whirlwinds. Coming in over Darwin, and and this is for um, Mark and Christine as well as you know. So I'm submitting this to them as the leaders of of um, of Glory City, and they you know the words that is to weigh the words that they're given, and so I'm submitting this to your leadership. What I saw was um, two well ones whirlwinds, whirlwinds coming in, and one was awakening for the church and one was Reformation for the city. And I feel like he's saying that um, Glory City, Darwin, is called to bring the two together. And even this weekend, I sense is key in the awakening that he is bringing to his church and to his body. And as this community, as you all begin to be activated and move more and more in the prophetic, you're going to see what he's called the city to, and he's, you're going to see the destiny um, and the significant role that you each have to play individually and corporately. Um, and then I, I heard the scripture... Um, See, this is why I don't want to forget it. Um, it's in. It's from the Passion translation. I think it's First Corinthians two, but it says, um, "All God's promises." Hang on, let me start again because it's it's an awesome scripture. First Corinthians two nineteen and twenty, and it says. Jesus Christ has never been both a yes and a no. He has always been and always will be for us a resounding yes. For all God's promises find their yes of fulfillment in him. And as his yes and our amen, us responding to the yes of Jesus and the promise of Jesus and our amen come together, we bring the Father glory. And I felt like that there has been a yes and an a, a yes um, from like you petitioning Jesus. Like there's been a yes and as your amen is coming together, like the Father is, it's bringing him glory, but it's actually causing him to move in the earth. And so I really want to honor you for your, for your amen, for your yes to the promise. And I heard him say that everything that is in your heart, um, for this house and for this city, um, that you'll see come to pass. And and Glory City, Darwin, much like, um, Brisbane is, it's actually going to become like a watering hole. Um, for the city and we find that people come into and we love it Um, we love Friday nights because it's an open meeting and people come and they drink of of what's um, being released in our house and it's going to be the same and when you come together that many are going to come and draw on the water and that's why there's like a river here because it's a there's actually like a watering hole and then a river um that uh, that flows from it and it's going to flow and impact the community and impact the city and like I just can't get away from like 2% of the population, Mark told me, live in the Northern Territory. I'm like, you can take two. You can take two. And I really feel like it's over this house, like it's like, let's take two. Take two and just go for it. So, yeah, so I bless that in you. And I just thank you, Father, for what you're releasing here. Yeah, amen. You're welcome. So, it's all about your heart um, when it comes to prophecy, always being positioned. And like I mentioned with, you know, that uh, Jen Johnson saying, um, you know, you know, sorry, what, what I talked about, you know, not taking off the hat, um, but always being positioned, um, the beautiful thing about that is that you actually cause your thought life to be surrendered to the Spirit. And the Word says that you have the mind of Christ. And so a, a, li- a mind surrendered to the Holy Spirit becomes a very powerful tool. It's a powerful tool if you let the enemy ride on the screen of your imagination, but it's even more fruitful and powerful if you let the Holy Spirit ride on it. And, um, you know, the Bible says, uh, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, if they are of a good report, if they have any virtue, if they are praiseworthy, think on these things. And you can actually train your mind and discipline your thought life to think on things that are pure and on the things that are lovely. And so it's actually, for me, a really good guide Um when you line it up against the word, if you have a thought come in and you go, oh, hang on, well, that's not pure. That doesn't really match the criteria. So you can put that aside and replace it with truth. And the word does teach us take captive... Take, to take captive our thoughts and pull down the ones that um, exalt themselves above the knowledge of Christ. And so we're putting back the truth of who we are in front of us. And so then that's very easy to know that when you prophesy over someone, if I am disciplined, let me take a step back. If I am disciplined um, with my thought life, very quickly you can start to detect lies and things that aren't true, and then you begin to continually replace them with truth, then all of a sudden your self-talk is full of truth and you're not having a go at yourself and you're not um, you know, angry at yourself for forgetting this or forgetting that or doing that wrong and did I do this? Like, No, you're constantly feasting on the truth of who you really are. And so as you discipline yourself, it actually becomes a natural way of living, a natural way of thinking. And so then you know... Um, that my mind surrendered to the Holy Spirit um, is a powerful weapon. I've now disciplined myself to actually use it for good. And so, then when I prophesy over someone and I have a thought for them, I know that it's the heart of God for them. Why? Because my thought life has been disciplined to think the way He thinks. And so that's why I'm often I say to you, the first—it's often the fir- first thought that pops into your head—is I can trust that that first thought comes from him because it's surrendered to him. And I've trained my mind to think the way he thinks. And so that's really powerful in the prophetic because people often say, how do I know if I'm hearing from him? How do I know if I'm hearing right? Well, if you have, that's, that's exactly how. When you've been disciplined just in your own life, in your own world, um, to, to cultivate an ecosystem of truth within your heart and your mind, then when you're giving it out to others, you know that you're going to give... Um, You're going to draw on that well and give it to them as well. And then, you know, when it comes out, you know that it's the father because when you detect it in your own life, you know when it's the enemy. So then if you detect it for someone else, you can go, hang on, that's not quite right. Leave that aside. Let's look again. Let's look for the truth. Let's find the gold. We're going after the gold. We don't need to look for dirt. That's okay. Just go after the gold. Just to go after the gold. Generally, you'll find that if people aren't feasting on truth, they already feel bad about themselves anyway. So they don't need you to rub it in. They don't need you to tell you what they're doing wrong. They, you need to, you have an opportunity to come in and tell them what they're doing right and redeem the truth within them and pull out the gold in them and, and find out who they, remind them who they really are. And that's a beautiful opportunity that we have. That's why the, the prophetic is so powerful. Like the prophetic is a weapon. It's a weapon of war, not just for individuals, but for cities and nations. And that's when we are getting carried away. I'm like, that's why prayer is so awesome, because you join like together a company of people, and you hear what he has to say, and you get to release it into the earth and and um, release the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. It's outstanding. Um, First, join. um, Come with me to First Samuel chapter ten. We're going to start at verse one. and so I'm just going to sort of move through um, 1 Samuel 10 to 13. Basically, um, it's the story of Saul um, and Samuel anointing him as king. Um, it's, it's actually beautiful. What I love about, um, if you look, let's read, let's read verse 1. I'm reading from the NLT this morning, New Living Translation. I'm a bit of an ESV girl myself. Um, but it's all good, right? Um, Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it over Saul's head. He kissed Saul and said, I am doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be the ruler over Israel, his special possession. Then drop down to verse 9. So then after that... um Samuel actually prophesies about what's about to happen within Saul's day. And of course, it all comes to pass. Verse 9. As Saul turned and started to leave, God gave him a new heart. And all Samuel's signs were fulfilled that day. When Saul and his servant arrived at Gibeah, they saw a group of prophets coming toward them. Then the Spirit of God came powerfully upon Saul, and he too began to prophesy. When those who knew Saul... Heard about it, they exclaimed, What is even Saul a prophet? How did this son of Kish become a prophet? And I love in one of the translations, it actually says that he was changed into a different person. The Spirit came upon him and he began to prophesy and he was changed into a different person. And I really feel like that anointing is here today. Um, If you've never prophesied before or if you, Uh, desiring to go to the next level um, in the prophetic. Um, Later on, I'm going to minister that to you. I really feel like God is going to um, change us into different people so that we're ones that prophesy and ones after his heart. It's so exciting. Um, So we'll keep moving through uh, Samuel through Samuel 10. And then in in 1 Samuel 13, um, Saul starts to do things that aren't so great. And Samuel kind of comes and rebukes him and says it's not really a great thing. And then it actually gets to the point in 1 Samuel 15 where the father God rejects Saul and says to um, Samuel, we need to find a new king. And then 1 Samuel 16, verse 6 It says, When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. What do we know about David? What is often said about David He was a man after God's own heart. And so we can see that more than anything, as wonderful as outward appearances may be, signs and wonders may be, ultimately it's about your heart. It's about a heart for God, a heart for loving people, a heart for serving people. And if you remain in that position and in that place, God will continue um, to give you uh, and op- give you opportunity and a place to speak words of life and to sow into other people and you 'll always find that you have a well to give out of a well to draw upon and then also I wanted to highlight um, further down when he actually anoints him in verse twelve it says so jesse's sorry we'll go from verse eleven Samuel asked are these all the sons you have. I mean, he didn't even bring, bother bringing David in from the flock, um, his father Jesse. Um, then Samuel, he said, There is still the youngest, Jesse replied. He's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said... I just got something. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. Prophets have wonderful eyes. Um, So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that on. Then Saul returned to Ramah. So what we've noticed in Both times when Samuel anointed Saul and then again when he anointed David, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and they were changed into a different people. And so this is why I really feel like, and if it's okay, again, submitting this to um, the leaders here, but I really felt like there was a commissioning in the Spirit for us today that the Holy Spirit wants to come upon us, change us into a different different people so that we're people who prophesy in love and in power, but rooted um, and grounded in love, rooted and grounded in the heart of God for people and so that we're mature ministers. Um, so, we're the, so we're safe for people, we're safe prophetic people um, and that we can move in power and authority and th- see things shift, um, again, in, in individuals' lives, but also for the city and then for the nation um, so there's there's three different kinds um, of words you can get. And I just listed them. So you get personal prophetic words for people, individuals. But then you can also get words um, on a national level. So it could be cities and the nation. And then also international words. So, oh, sorry, yes, local corporate words. So within a church context or for the city. And so... Um, Say, so someone like Cindy Jacobs, um, she's operating at a level where she will get like international words, Stacey Campbell words for the body of Christ, words um, for different governments and nations. That's so outstanding. Um, for us, though, we're starting with um, individuals and, and stewarding it even in our own lives. Prophesy over yourselves. Feel free. Like if you sense like, wow, well, I feel like there's an opportunity for me. I feel like God's doing something in the spirit. Um, go after it. It's my favorite thing to do. I'm like, uh, if you find yourself thinking, I'd really like a prophetic word, just get one for yourself. Like, you don't need, like, it's wonderful, you know, we're servants of Jesus and it's great to hear from God for somebody else. But you have, Jesus made a way for you to have direct access. So just ask the Father. You can go directly to Him and, and get the encouragement that you need or, or the word you need for the future. Or if you feel like, well, God, I, that was stolen from me. I want that to be redeemed. What do you say about that? And, and get a word for your life. And um, it's lots of fun. And what I also, I mentioned it last night. Being with friends and people that you trust is such a great way to practice the prophetic. Um, Jesse and I, we love prophesying over one another because it's it's very safe. And I know that could be seen kind of as cheating because um, I know him well. But then there's things in your heart that only God knows. And there's things then in your build and your makeup um, of who you are that only the Spirit understands because he knit you together. And so as wonderful as it is... Um, you know, to, to receive from others. So I love receiving from Jesse. Um, no one knows me like the Father does. And so Jesse can hear things that perhaps I haven't even told him. Um, and also I can just go directly to God for that as well. If you're like me, you think about things, um, like it's, there's always something happening, always something evolving, always something moving. And so if I feel so, like a, a lot can happen in like 24 hours, a lot can happen in 12 hours from the morning to the nighttime. You know, you can have, um, you know, I, I got this scripture and then, I, and then I saw this picture and then it was confirmed in this street sign and then I, in, I ran into the girl in the coffee shop and then she told me this and she doesn't even know Jesus and then all of a sudden, like, I'm going to a nation and I need to anoint this person's feet and then we're going to go stand because I looked up and they do have a prayer tower and I need to go stand in the tower, and, you know. And, and then you get to bedtime and you're like, oh, let's prophesy over each other. Like, there's a lot that happened in my day that Jesse hasn't heard about yet. And so if he goes like, I just see you going up to a high place. Like, whoa, who's going to be like jumping out of bed, out of their skin? Me. Like, yes, that's what I heard him saying today. So the prophetic is so powerful. And things happen so quickly. Like, it's it's a lot faster in the spirit than it is in the natural. And And so we just get to catch up. And what I love about it is... What I love about the prophetic is like, it is like a bit of a jigsaw puzzle. Like we get like piece by piece by piece. And as we bring it together, as the Holy Spirit leads us, it like it paints this beautiful picture. And we also prophesy in part. And that's why what I love about one of the things we practice at Glory City is um, at the end of worship, often Pastor Catherine will invite the recognized um, prophets of the house to come and give a word. And often what we see is someone will come and like give their stroke of the paintbrush. And then someone else will come and they'll give their stroke as well. And then if three or four come, all of a sudden we have this painting and this picture of what he was doing, of what he's doing in that moment in the earth. And it's so powerful. So we need one another. And that's why it's awesome to prophesy with each other because you begin to um, firstly cultivate a a, a culture of the prophetic, um, but then also you begin to see more and more um, for one another. And it gives you a... A um, like a, a picture, a painting um, for perhaps what he wants to do in your life or in a particular area, and so we love prophesy, prophesying any excuse to prophesy. Um, birthday prophecies are one of my favorites. Like it's your birthday, you get you get a prophetic word, or like oh that's a really great T-shirt, let's prophesy. Like just any excuse will do. Um, but you, like I said, you empower what you believe, so um, it's it's really. Um, up to you to, to, let him in as much as you want. It really is up to you. He'll take, if you give, you know, he's, he's great. If you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. And I love that about him. So let's just give him a mile. Like, let's just give him like everything. Like don't cap it. Don't feel like anything's outside of him. In him, we live and move and have our being. Um, and so you can surrender as much as you want and let him and invite him into as much as you'd like to, as much as you want to invite him into. 1 Corinthians 13, Pastor Catherine, or I believe chapter 12, um, she read through um, on Thursday night. But I wanted to read um, just briefly from 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. This really challenged me a few years ago. Um, Jessie and I, we're so stoked to be living in Brisbane um, we found our tribe at Glory City and it was like, we just have to be where the people are. And, um, and so we actually moved from, took a big step of faith and moved all the way from the Gold Coast, <laughs> like an hour's drive north. Um, but it, it did still mean leaving jobs and finding um, <clears throat> new, like a new place to live and all those sort of wonderful things that go, go about it. And I remember, I'm sorry, Oh, thank you. I'm so glad we did the best decision besides Jesus. I mean, I always feel like that's the best decision I made because, you know, every day, anyway, you know how I feel about today. Coming to to, to Darwin was the best decision ever. So, <clears throat> so I was moving to Brisbane. But I remember moving and not realizing how much of, at that stage of my identity, had been wrapped up in where I lived and where I worked, and the people who knew me, and the people who knew my family, and the Christian world, the Gold Coast is small, and the church world is even smaller. And so, we went to like the Christian school um, on the Gold Coast as well. And so, then you get even smaller, and then like my sisters married brothers, and then it gets you know, so very quickly, you're um, you can find. Oh, and then I worked at the Christian school as well. And so very quickly, our world was wrapped up in in like just being known and being in places and being understood and, and people get what we are. And we were always kind of left of center, which I love about Glory City because now we're center. It's awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh, hang on. We weren't off. Everybody else. Um, we were always in the center. Um, but <laughs> I'm sure you guys probably feel the same way about each other. Um, but First Corinthians 13 just hit me in such a powerful way because I realized, you know, it says, if I could speak all the languages, I love that in the NLT, by the way, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understand all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, And if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. And what I realized in that season was, well, it doesn't matter who knows your name and it doesn't matter what job you have and it doesn't matter that I can prophesy. If I don't love then, I, like i 've got nothing then i don 't have a foundation love's our foundation that we stand and that we build upon and so you can if people like I said if people know my name but i don 't love them that doesn't it, ha- it doesn't help anybody and and more than that it i'm I 'm futile without the love of God and we need to be ones that function and move out of love in love through love all the time and once I realized, whoa, like, I'm nothing without this, like, it makes you desperate for the love of God. Because in that moment, when I moved and all of a sudden, like, I didn't have Burley Beach to run on in the morning, like, I'm just being real, um, it made me desperate for love because I needed to attach myself to truth. And so you need to attach yourself, and truth is, is Jesus, Jesus' love. So you need to make sure that, that as you're attached to him, um, that that well of love is what you're drawing on because then what I also realized was oh wow I'm just drawing on my ability um, my gift of prophecy and if you so you can function in the gift aside from love um, because the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable and he's so kind and he's so patient that he will give you a word for someone because he loves them but how much sweeter is it if you're encountering the love of God while you're ministering to someone else? And how much more fun is it for you when they're experiencing your ministering and you're, you're ministering like, like yesterday when I was talking with Jesse, um, the boy at the coffee shop, the man at the coffee shop, um, you know, I'm, I'm declaring significance over him and he's like, Experiencing like whoa this atmosphere and this presence, and all of a sudden, like I'm like I'm experi- I get to tap into that as well. I'm like oh whoa God, you've got significant things about my life, and so instead of just it being you know um, me drawing on what I can give Him, I'm drawing on what the Father has to give Him through me, and I get to experience it as well. That's why the prophetic's so much fun. Like you're having a great time, but like. I'm getting rocked at the same time. And so it's, the prophecy is beautiful because we get to encounter the presence of God as well when we're ministering. Does that make sense? Oh, that's good. Then I want to read also from 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. How are we going for time? Oh, good. I'm like, and then I'm going to start. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> let love be your highest goal but you should also desire the special abilities the spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. And I just think, yeah, that's a good one to remember. And that's wonderful that you're here today because we're acknowledging, hey, we want to prophesy. We want to move in this gift. We want to edify the body. We want to exhort and encourage and bring comfort. And um, and like I said, like that's the most wonderful gift you can give someone. If someone's hopeless, they don't need $10,000. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if, someone, if someone's heart is broken, like $10,000 is good, but that's not going to meet the need. Like, love. If, they, if your heart is broken, you need love. You need comfort. So there's something that the Spirit and love can offer that things in the natural just won't ever be able to take the place of or be able to fulfill, and we know that, and we found that in Jesus. Um, which is awesome, which is why we have a, a high responsibility um, to, with great power, like I said last night, comes great responsibility. And so I would encourage you don't be stingy with your gift. Don't hold on to it. Don't hold it close. Yes, cultivate it and steward it. But the gift grows by reason of use. But as you're generous with it, um, you're actually letting people encounter the living God, encounter truth through you and setting them on course for destiny. Pastor Catherine gave a word over me when I was 20 that changed my life. Like I was never the same. I was changed like Saul. I was changed into a different person. <laughs> that's what prophecy can do, and that's what when we prophesy. What we, that's what I'm go- like. I said, That's what I'm going after. I'm going after, and I because I. That's what was my experience in the prophetic was. Well, I just received a word that changed my life. I want to. Re- I want to give that away to somebody else. I want them to be able to experience and encounter that, and so it becomes just just this beautiful. Um, I guess like a chain or a ribbon, like it's a chain reaction. Like, oh, I get to like empower you. And then the next person's like, wow, that was awesome. And they recognize who they really are. And yes, let me empower you. Let me come alongside of you. Let me encourage you. Yes, be better than me. Go further than me. Be the best you can be. And, And with that spirit and that heart within a community, um, It takes away all competition. It takes away all comparison just because we're on on each other's team and we want to see each other excel and do great. And so that's why we celebrate when someone receives a prophetic word because we're celebrating who God has called them to be and we're also attaching our faith to that because we say, yes, we recognise that over your life and we want you to be um, the best you can be, Kara. And so we're going to celebrate um, who you are today, but more than that, we celebrate where you're going and we want to do all we can to champion you in that. And that, I believe, that's the heart of the prophetic. That's the heart of Jesus. And so uh, briefly, I want to look at the role of the prophet. Today. Um, So, like, why do we prophesy? And and obviously, I've given um, why I think we do, um, inspired by the Holy Spirit, but also there are some biblical um, foundations that we can look at. One of my favorite ladies in the Bible, there's a few, but Deborah is a pretty Christine, see, Christine, prophet. prophet. Deborah's outstanding. And I believe it's Judges 4. Mm. I shouldn't have made that noise. <laughs> I think it is Judges 4, but let's confirm, shall we, by looking. Yes, it is. Hooray. I thought, oh, I, don't write- I didn't write it down because I know it, but... Oh, shall we just read it all? It's just so wonderful, and I, I think I love it. I just want to say, before we get into it, one word on feminism... I think where feminism has got it feminism has got it wrong is that they're women trying to be men. But women were never called to be men. Women are called to be women. And so if we pursue women being men, then we actually miss out on who God the whole a whole image of who the Father really is, because male and female he created him and we're made in the image of God and his likeness. And so if you devalue and take away the purpose of women, then you actually miss out on like half of who God is. And so we want women who want to be women and champion um, feminism in that regard and women who want to have babies and women who want to celebrate being feminine and all those beautiful things. So that, before I, I just wanted to set, put that out there before I read the following. Um, we'll go from verse 4. Uh, like first hard word to read, Deborah the wife of Lapidoth was a prophet who was judging Israel at that time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim and the Israelites would go to her for judgment. One day she sent for Barak, son of Abinom, who lived in the Kadesh in the land of Naphtali. Ooh, lots of good words. She said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulun at Mount Tabor, and I will call out Sisera, commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and warriors to the Kishon River. There I will give you victory over him. Barak told her, I will go but only if you go with me. (laughs) I like this part. Very well, she replied. I will go with you, but you will receive no honor in this venture for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. Woo. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. At Kadesh, Barak called together the tribes, the 10,000 warriors and went up with him and she went also. We'll go along. When Sisera told that Barak son of Abinom had gone up to Mount Tabor he called for all 900 of his iron chariots and all of his warriors and they marched um, to the Kishon river then Deborah said to Barak get ready this is the day the Lord will give you victory over Sisera for the Lord is marching ahead of you so he Barak led his 10,000 warriors down the slopes of Mount Tabor into battle when Barak attacked, the Lord threw Sisera and all his chariots and warriors into a panic. Sisera leaped down from his chariot and escaped on foot. Then Barak chased the chariots and the enemy army all the way to this place, killing all of Sisera's warriors. Not a single one was left alive. Meanwhile, Sisera ran to the ch- tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, because Heber's family was on, f- on friendly terms with King Jaber. Jabin of Hazar. Wow. Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come into my tent, sir. Come in. Don't be afraid. So he went into her tent and she covered him with a blanket. All right, it gets a little bit brutal. Please give me some water, he said. I'm thirsty. So she gave him some milk from a leather bag and covered him again. Stand at the door of the tent, he said to her. If anybody comes and asks you if there is anyone here, say no. But when Sisera fell asleep from exhaustion, Jael quietly crept up to him with a hammer and tent peg in her hand. Then she drove the tent peg through his temple and into the ground, and so he died. When Barak came looking for Sisera, Jael went out to meet him. She said, "'Come, and I will show you the man you are looking for.'" So he followed her into the tent and found Sisera laying there dead, well, with the tent peg through his temple. So that day, Israel saw God defeat Jabin, the Canaanite king, and from that time on, Israel became stronger and stronger against Jabin until they finally destroyed him. What I love about that passage and what I gleaned from it, as far as the role of a prophet goes, is that. Deborah, in that in this instant, was called to deploy armies. As prophets in the spirit, we're called to deploy armies. We're called to deploy heavenly hosts. We're called to send angels as messengers on assignments. And did you actually know that there is angels attached to your destiny? There are angels attached to the call of God on your life, and often, um, and this is something I've understood recently. Um, this is, um, Daryl Crawford Marshall also teaches this. Um, that w- when sometimes I don't, well, f- when I prophesy at times, I, c- I feel like this rush and it's almost like I feel like I'm in the middle of a whirlwind and it's a bit like, well, what's going on here? And it's actually quite physically uncomfortable for me. And, um, and he said to me, oh, that's like the angels being deployed. They're like the messengers. Like when you when when you call forth the destiny of someone, all the days written in their life, and then the angels assigned to them. You're calling forth into that time. Then the angels can be released for the mission. Isn't that awesome? And so, not only are you calling forth. Um, their destiny, you're actually, like the angels are stoked because they're being released for the destiny over your life. And so when we give prophetic words about like Darwin and whirlwinds coming in, there are angels on assignment being deployed for that very mission. Isn't that outstanding? I think that's super excited. Like give them something fun to do. So, I mean, they're always having a good time, but um, you know, all the days written in your book... We're written in the book before one came to be. And so when we say, when we hear from God, yes, now is the time to call this forth, then we can deploy the angel armies, the ones who have been um, assigned to you for your mission and they get to come alongside you. So you can do that personally for people, but we can also do it um, over a nation, like when When I pray, and particularly um, God's just been, we just want to see life um, established in the nation, and so we've really been going after the cause um, of the unborn, which is just, well, we feel like it's the heart of God, because He loves people, and He created them, so it makes sense, and so um, from an intellectual perspective, but also we really feel like um, that He wants... Um, each one to experience life and life abundantly, and each person is a dream come true. It's a dream of God. He takes it. He has a mission and a purpose to be fulfilled in the earth, and he wraps a body around it. That's what you are. So that's why it's so important and so powerful when you walk into your destiny, because all of heaven is behind you. Because it's what you're created for. So it's so. That's why it's so important to find like what you've been created for because that's when you really come alive and that's when all of, like, heaven is, like, behind you and, like, cheering you on, like, yes, Mark, this is what we're going after. Yes, Mark, let's reform the church. (laughs) I know how... um, <laughs> you know like well he's moving he's functioning in his destiny and then there's a grace upon his life and all of a sudden it's like wow look at Margot. he's really moving in what he's called to be it's because he's heard the heart of God and the destiny and the purpose which God gave is being carried out in the earth that's so powerful and that's why we need everyone to be born in the earth because God has a mission and a purpose and a destiny now it's not just like a clump of cells and maybe one day they'll do something great for God no no, like, every person is born with, like, the imprint of the Father and a book written about their lives. And we want all of those books lived out. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And so, why, why did I say that? Oh, deploying armies. And so, in prayer, often, like, you, you do feel like, God, we, like, we send forth, like, the angels on assignment to, to move hearts or to, to work on hearts of politicians and of lawmakers and, and even just like the general public too. That's a good one. Establishing a culture of life, you know? And I, I think, um, yeah, it's such a, a unique and a wonderful privilege to be able to partner with the Father in that. And that's why prayer is so much fun and so exciting. If you bring the prophetic into your prayer life, You'll have the best day ever. (laughs) You'll have the best prayer meeting ever because you'll see a picture, like I mentioned last night, and you'll hear a song. And then also, some wonderful things Pastor Catherine taught me was that if you realize that you can't lose because you've already won, that'll change the way you pray. If you realize that Jesus Christ has already won the victory for you, um, you don't have to win the victory for yourself. You just get to enjoy victory and pray from that perspective. And, um, and that really set me free. I already loved to pray, but um, there were sort of different mindsets that I had based in like religious mindsets when it came to prayer and thinking that I, like, I had to work hard and I needed to pray longer and fast harder and, and be better, more eloquent somehow in my prayer and like, no, Jesus already won. And so you just get to enjoy the victory. That's why I made the comment the other night about if Pastor, Pastor Catherine, someone says to me, Pastor Catherine wants you to run around the mountain and then stand on your head. I'd be like, no, because I know that that's not how she feels about prayer because we know that Jesus has won the victory. And so, um, so when it comes to something like abortion where people can um, at times feel negative about the, its positioning and how people feel about it in the earth, I'm always so excited because like, he's already won the victory and he's the essence of life. And so we just keep prophesying life and prophesying who he is. And just on that note, if you have had an abortion or if you've been, like, connected to someone who has or influenced in that way, I just want to let you know that there's no condemnation for you at all. Um, G- like we love you, Jesus loves you, and He wants everyone to experience um, freedom and life. And you can become a great champion for life yourself. Um, and so, don't be defined by that. Just receive His love and His forgiveness, and um, and champion others in that. Um, so, yes, you get to deploy armies, um, like Samuel. Now, we did talk about Samuel um, in. In firstly in First Samuel 13, you um, can anoint and call forth destiny over people. And I did touch on that, but it's super powerful, isn't it? Like to be able to recognise, wow, that book written about m- their life and let's go after this chapter and awaken it. And I, I mean, I'd like to think that at <clears throat> the ripe old age of 28, that there's a lot more that Jesus has for me than what I currently see or what I currently understand. I never want to feel like this is what Sarah does and this is what I'm called to. I, yes, there are markers that I'll never move away from, but I think it it would almost be um, short-sighted or ignorant of us to to think that we know everything that we're called to over our life over our lifetime, and so. Um, So that's why there's times and seasons in our life when he'll bring up certain things within us. And so that's why um, we can, like Daniel, look and see and look and see and look and see again because there's so much and so many layers and depths within the callings over people. And so you might hear something, not often, well, just me personally, I don't, if someone prophesies like a big destiny word over me, it's usually something that I've identified with previously. It's confirming that. It's not often something that I've never heard before. That being said, um, we don't dismiss it. We weigh the word. And and even if you just say, okay, God, I don't see that for me now, or I don't really resonate with that now, but I'm not just going to throw it out. And like I want to steward the word well, like I spoke about last night. And I I did want to touch on that. I I talked about intimacy last night, and I, I just wanted to clarify that you know, I understand like life is busy and full. And even as a mum, my intimacy times with Jesus look very different (laughs) to what they used to look like nine months ago. You know, I now, this is just me, don't often get a set amount of time by myself um, to seek Jesus. And so I would encourage you, whatever your world looks like, just take every opportunity you can get to commune. And so when I feed, I read. When I clean, I worship. When I drive, I pray. Like you just you multitask and you just do whatever you need to do. So if you're like if you're in a 9 to 5 and you're with people all day, sometimes it even can be difficult to I mean you you keep realigning like you can meditate on him all day long and it's beautiful. But Take that opportunity when you have a water break or when you get to lunch or when you're walking from like one building to another, to, from one office to another, to just exalt him or just in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. But it just continue to put him in front of your eyes, in front of your face. And it just cultivates the burning. It cultivates um, our love and our connection with him. But it, it also keeps you outward focused, I found. It keeps you selfless, like not self- it's being like, when you're like self-aware and self-centered, you're just looking at you. Um, but when you're aware of what the Holy Spirit's doing and who God is, it's very easy to minister to others and see things about their life and flow from that perspective. So I just thought I'd say that because I didn't want people to feel like there was this heavy expectation for them to have you know, an hour by themselves every day because for some people that can be quite a difficult... So all these, like, mums are going like this. Um, Can be quite a... I was so blessed this morning. Beautiful Christine held Lucy for me and I got, like, 20 minutes by myself. I just went, like, all out in worship and was in Pastor David's office and it was awesome time of my life. Anyway, so I just wanted to to touch on that. Um, Lastly, um, how are we going? I haven't even looked... Oh, we're doing really good, I think. Am I doing good for time? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I've been on, like, uh, Queensland and Northern Territory time. And I, so some of my things are right and some of them are wrong. So I think my computer's right. Jesus is the ultimate prophet. The kingdom of God is at hand. Um, John 4. Let's have a look-see. And that's actually something that I heard for Glory City as well, Dave and Ruth. Um, was John 4 when he quotes Isaiah. Who would like to read that? I feel like I've read a lot. Is it John? No, why have I written down? Luke, Luke 4. Thank you. Sorry about that. Yes, please read it. So, 18 and 19. so Luke... Chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's the greatest prophetic word ever. And Jesus actually like, prophesies about himself, like, I am he. And, he's, and, I, and what I sensed about that is that you have that opportunity to call forth the kingdom of God. Just like Jesus said, like, the kingdom of God is at hand, the kingdom of God is within you. I have come to bind up the brokenhearted, set f- free those who are captive. Like, that's, a, that's who you are. And that's who you get to, well, that's what you get to call out of other people as well. And that we recognize, well, the, the days that we're living in, um, these are exciting days. And we want to be ones who, are, who can recognize like the sons of Issachar, um, the times and the seasons and be mature. And I know I said it last night, but I, I feel like I say this to myself every day. You know, I want to understand and be responsible with the days that I've been entrusted with. And if we can recognise the significance of the days that we're in and take this to heart and believe it, um, it'll change the way you walk. It'll change the way that you talk as well. It'll change your belief system um, and it'll empower your everyday. Even if you feel like, well, maybe I'm in a season where, um, you know, maybe you're working in in a job that you feel like, okay, I, I know this isn't necessarily what I'm called to long term, but you can still have this take place within that season. You can still function as who you're called to be there. Cindy Jacobs didn't wake up Cindy Jacobs one day, you know, like, or like, um, like Ian Thorpe didn't wake up breaking gold, like breaking records and winning gold medals one day. Like there was a time of season, a season of training, a season of equipping, stewarding the gift each day, practicing the presence, um, being faithful with a little so you can be faithful with much. And then, so o- often we see someone who stands up and they're functioning and walking out this awesome call and destiny, like, for example, Pastor Catherine, but we haven't seen like the years and the days that she's been faithful and the times of intimacy and the times where she chose to love and to forgive and the times where um, she said yes when no one else saw it and when, or when everyone else said no. We haven't seen that. And so if you can steward that lifestyle and, that, um, and operate as who you believe you're called to be when you're working at McDonald's, that'll set you up for life. And you're actually being who you really are then. And so it's not like, Oh, whoa, Pastor Catherine. Like, Pastor Catherine was being Pastor Catherine when she was raising her kids when they were little. Do you know what I mean? So don't, please don't feel like the prophetic and who I'm really called to be is for, like, one day when I grow up. Like, like no, like, be awesome today. You know, <laughs> live the dream today. Like, understand and recognize, like, these are the days of significance and today that he has anointed me it's for today that he's anointed me. It's for today that the kingdom has come upon us. And it's at hand. It's not when um, Pastor David and Ruth say, tag, you're it. And when, they, and when Mark decides that I, I know the word well enough, don't wait for that. He, don't wait for someone to give you permission. This is your permission. <laughs> Jesus is already giving you permission. And just so just go for it. Just go for it because then... People can well, not people, but situation in life and different things can happen and change. But you're, if you're grounded first and foremost in this, in love and in identity, then you're unshakable and you're immovable and you will flourish and blossom no matter what your world looks like. Is that all right? Awesome. And so um, I just want to pray for us real quick. I know this is, isn't, well, it is an activation because you're going to look different after it, but I would like to pray and release. Is that okay? um I, I suppose i don't have a better word for it but except like an an impartation like um Saul um Samuel did over Saul um that we read about earlier in 1st Samuel 10 um and he when he he actually went up and he began to prophesy with the prophets. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he was changed into a different person. And so I'm really excited. I feel like, like you can, I can feel the expectation, the tenacity in the room. So I'm just going to pray like a, a real quick prayer and you just <laughs> receive it. And, um, and then I think um, gonna, we're going to eat some food. Is that okay? Okay. All right. Um, why don't you um, assume the position? Why don't you stand? I mean whatever's comfortable for you, but I think standing might be helpful. And I actually I actually would like to um, lay hands on everyone. It, can I don't have time? Yeah, no, I'll walk around, I'll just walk through, okay, what we're going to do is you just get ready to receive, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit, and I'm just going to come through and just touch you all um, briefly, but um, I'll also, oh yeah, thank you very much, then um, I can move past you, but I will, as I'm going, and I'm, if I hear something or see something or feel something, I'll just release it, and you just take it for yourself, is that Okay. All right, why don't we just lift our voices? Jesus, we love you. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're the one that we've been created for. And all our love and our affection and our devotion is for you, Jesus. And we love everything about you and we love the way that you move. And God, we just want to partner with what you're doing in heaven and on the earth today. And I just thank you, Jesus, for a great awakening that you're releasing into this house today. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, um, for these sons and daughters, Lord, that you are changing into different people today. And Jesus' name. I thank you, God, for the spirit of prophecy to come upon them. In Jesus' name, just like it came upon Saul. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, that you're awakening within them the dreams of God. Lord, that you're awakening in them destiny and hope. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God. Yeah, even for ones that would see and release the truth and the calling of God over individuals, over churches, over cities, over nations. In Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for authority to shift governments. In Jesus' name, authority to move And see and understand and perceive what is needed Um, for different nations. I thank you for divine strategies. In Jesus' name, Lord God, to impact, Lord, different, um, (laughs) different areas of our community and government. In Jesus' name, I thank you for divine wisdom and insight, even in the medical profession. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Holy Spirit, Lord, that you are impacting, impacting and changing us. Lord, I thank you. I release in ears today, in Jesus' name, direct connection to hear and to understand and to perceive. In Jesus' name, we just say away awakening, awakening, awakening. In Jesus' name, we declare a new day over you, never the same, never the same. Hallelujah. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're pouring out without measure, without measure in Jesus' name. Well, and I thank you, Lord, that the I, I feel like there are people here today and it's like, these are the days that you've longed for. These are the days that you've dreamed about and it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you uh, because he has anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set liberty to those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord's favor and I thank you Holy Spirit yeah that we say that this is that day in Jesus name we are the ones who which you have called and I thank you Holy Spirit that um that you would grant them of authority Lord even to deploy armies in Jesus name that you would grant them authority to shift nations and seasons into destiny Lord into times of fruitfulness into times of revival into to times of hope. And I even feel like this is sounds fun, but I, I feel like you're, the land is going to begin to yield fruit um, here in a different way. Like you guys are going to have um, a really great harvest. It's almost like, you know, really big apples and pawpaws and, and things like that. So I thank you, Lord God, for that spirit of prophecy, Lord, and revival that you're releasing. And the fruit and the land will um, experience your life and your freedom. So I thank you, Father, yeah, for what you're changing and what you're building in us. And we Exalt you, Jesus, and we just say, We love you, we love you, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah.